All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's up, dude? Hey, man, it has been too long, and I know some of you listeners know it's been a while for a podcast, but, man, it's just been a long time since me and Jeff got a chance to sit down and just talk some sports. And like we've said since the start of the very beginning, Jeff and I like to take an hour, hour and a half to talk sports, and if you like to listen... That is fantastic, and so it is is nice to be sitting in this chair in front of the computer talking about what the sports world has to offer. First trivia question of the day. Are you ready? (laughs) Hit me. When's the last time we podcasted? Do you want the date or, like, how many weeks? Whatever. If you give me a rough ballpark, I have the exact date here. but I'm going to spitball January 17th. You're kidding, right? Wild guess it's four days before Casey's birthday. It's right before we left for Dallas. I don't, maybe? No, man. So April 27th, we did the okay. the NFL mock draft. I, oh, the draft. Dude, I'm telling you, it feels like forever. It feels An like eternity. Forever. It does feel like eternity. I did one podcast by myself. It was an 18-minute podcast where I recapped a little bit of the draft and I talked a little bit of Luca. Um. But oh, that yeah, was, was by that myself. Nick Wright, when Nick Wright was talking about him, or is this something totally different? Uh, this was actually different. This is when I made my proclamation that he's pretty much Russell Westbrook. But Bro, um, I was then he went on to destroy the Suns. I was ready to guess December, but I was like, it has to be in 2022. Like that's yeah. how long it feels like since we podcasted. But I forgot about the draft. That to be sense. fair, we did we did do a. We only did one in March. So it's we've done like three since the end of the football season. It hasn't been a lot. So call this what you want. Call this the season three kickoff. Call this the the return of uh, of real talk after a, a short little break. It never intended to be that way. It just kind of started happening, yeah. and next thing you know, it just schedules didn't align. And um, and to be honest, sports world kind of slowed down. Uh, all that was really to talk about was really the NBA playoffs and at the time. It just was, it was hard to get that going, but anyways, here we are. We're going to kick things off with our favorite, uh, topic of conversation. That's football, uh, two headlines today. We'll just go ahead and talk about the first one. We have not really, we have been so quiet on this topic from the very beginning and we wanted it to play out and we wanted it to play out. And then there was a trade that happened, and we really didn't even talk about that too much just because we haven't podcasted a ton. Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson signs with the Browns. We, we spoke briefly about this in a past episode for what at, at the time was a record-breaking deal for guaranteed money for a quarterback. Um, and it looked like an utter disaster, and that is really still up for debate, whether you fall on what side of the fence. But uh, Watson, I believe, has 26 accusers and they were dropped down to just six today after settling with 20 of them outside of court uh you've been sort of vocal about this over the last couple weeks on the facebook page but that's really it outside of that where where do you stand yeah so i don't really want to give too much of my opinion on watson what happens to him until it is completely done um i just want some people to know some updates because I know some people are questioning what's going on with Deshaun Watson. There's been a few numbers, but things got cleared up today a little bit when we heard about settling. So we know that 
the number came out that Deshaun Watson had 66 different masseuses women in the course of 17 months, which goes to 3.9 a month. There's four weeks in a month, basically a new one every week, which is like over the top number. Then it comes out that all these allegations are coming towards him. I believe in the very beginning, he tried to settle for $100,000 and the women said no. They tried to push forward. Then we had the moment when he gets traded to the Browns and everyone, you know, Browns are disgusting. They don't know how this is going to play out. Nobody knows. The Browns did their due diligence and determined they felt Deshaun Watson was going to play. Basically, the attorney for Deshaun Watson made a public statement on Houston radio. And what he basically said, and no matter how you feel about this, kind of like Matt, I know you said the innocent until proven guilty. And this is where the lawyer is using that. He basically said, it doesn't matter how disgusting you think he is, how immature, how degrading, how inappropriate, whatever word you want to use. He never broke one single crime. All these cases are civil cases because with all the evidence, they could not charge him criminally. So the Browns knowing that if there's no criminal charges, the only suspension could be detrimental to the league, meaning how they want to view it. Basically, what it's boiled down to at this point is let's go to a subcategory for a minute. We all kind of know what happened with John Gruden, correct? There was an investigation on Dan Snyder of the Washington Now Commanders. And there was 700 emails that were gone through, if not more. And basically only John Gruden got punishment for these emails when there was many more things in his opinion. He then pushes the issue saying, I'm coming after the NFL with this. It has moved so far along that they believe there is enough in, involved in all this that it can go to court meaning there might be some stuff shed on the NFL. So with the NFL trying to get a PR move ahead of Deshaun Watson, they basically released a statement saying, expect a severe punishment. We are going for a full year. Now, so what's happening is the NFL wants to, in order to clear like the things that happened with Robert Kraft or Dan Snyder, any altercation like that, they want to say, we're going to set a precedent. Players cannot do anything like with, this whole deal, they want to make them a poster child for how they're going to discipline degrading women. At the same time, the NFLPA has now hired an attorney to defend Deshaun Watson, to use him as a puppet to say, well, why are we punishing players when we don't punish owners, really? We just give them fines. So basically, Deshaun Watson is caught in this middle area of the NFL trying to use him to defend the players against the owners, and the owners and Goodell trying to use him as a poster child for we don't we don't condone this activity. So Deshaun Watson, regardless, settling kind of means, hey, it, it's under the bridge, water under the bridge. But it followed guys like it still follows Ezekiel Elliott for this kind of stuff. It followed Big Ben for the rest of his career. It will follow Deshaun Watson. It seems like Cleveland seems to be behind him. I guess there's a report he just went out to the movies with his family. Some Cleveland fans bought him some popcorn. Hey, how you doing? Keep it moving. But the thing is, is essentially... I don't think we can expect no suspension. I don't know if we can expect a year. I'm expecting somewhere from four to eight. Um, and clearly the entire case is, yeah, Deshaun Watson's a 25-year-old who did some nasty stuff with a lot of women that was inappropriate, but he never broke any laws. 
and how that settles with you, it settles with you. But he's going to be back in the NFL. I don't know if it'll be the second half of this season or if it will be a whole year. But I don't think we've seen the end of Deshaun Watson playing football. And how that falls with you morally falls with you morally. But that that's just how I see the case. And I know I've spoke a lot about this without giving my own opinions. Like I said, I'd like to wait till it's over. I'm not sure if I'm in a position to give one yet. But I just want to let everyone know I've, I watch a lot of sports talk show. I watch a lot of different ones. I read up on this. And this is essentially where it's at. It's the NFLPA versus the NFL trying to debate what this happened to Deshaun Watson. There's an independent judge who will basically, after hearing everything, make a recommendation to Goodell on what the suspension would be. But Goodell has the power to add games to it or take games off of it. So at the end of the day, it's really Roger Goodell's decision. But this thing has come a lot closer to settling with the number 26 was thrown out, but the the uh, attorney that released the statement today said it went from 24 to 4. So that number 26 is a little weird because we thought two more were added on. It doesn't look like they were. And I believe on Deshaun Watson's contract, the Browns can do nothing to his first or second year. I believe that was part of the wording in his contract. I guess people inside the or people who know what the contract is word for word basically said it looks like Deshaun's attorney wrote the whole thing because there's a lot in there to protect him. Essentially, I know I'm talking a lot, Jeff, but let's go back for one second. No, I'm Desha- I'm digging all this. This is really okay. good. Deshaun Watson is looking for trade partners because he knows that the Texans aren't really going to do it for him. He goes to the Browns. He says, I want this, this, and this. And the Browns are like, you know what? That's just too much. We can't do it. So Deshaun walks away, and it looks like he's going to return to his hometown, Atlanta. That's that's when that three or four days of spike to Atlanta really picked up. Well, in an un-predicted un, you know, turn of events, Baker's ego and pride stepped in. He said, Cleveland, I'm never playing for you again. You didn't believe in me after everything I've done for you. I'm done. And they were stuck with no quarterback. So in a frantic attempt to to get a quarterback they said wait Deshaun we'll give you anything you want thus the highest guaranteed deal in contract history ended and now you see all those memes where it's like the Browns Colin Baker hey man we're short staffed today (laughs) good luck you know it looks and now there's reports they're willing to pay half of Baker's salary the Panthers may go for him which is funny because Panthers play Browns week one Um, something else I've looked into is this say Deshaun Watson gets a four-game suspension. This is kind of where I'll hand it off to you because I've pretty much given all the information I know. Say Deshaun gets a four-game suspension. Their first four games, Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. Jacoby Brissett can go three and one before Deshaun gets there with those opponents. So the Browns fans and Browns organization who have morally accepted what Deshaun has done and are ready to move on, the team as a whole is going to be electric on the field with him because we seem to forget this is a top eight, top 10 quarterback without question in the league. And he joins the ranks of some of these young quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Jackson, Deshaun's well in that conversation. Um, and with Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, David and Joku, the, the players they have, the defense, it can turn good for football, but this is just a question of morally, are you willing to accept it? A man who, who clearly did things that are very inappropriate and, and disgusting but he never broke any law and cannot be criminally charged. So it's really just a moral tear, and we'll see how they value that. Ben had one allegation that was settled, 
and it was four games. So if Deshaun has 24, 24 times four, you do the math, how many games should he be suspended? It's about three seasons. But is it all going to be fair? We don't know. Nothing's fair. A lot of people are going to bring up Calvin Ridley gambling 1,500 and being gone for a whole year, but Deshaun can do all this. You know, it's going to be a complete mess for the NFL, and it's going to bleed into this stuff with Snyder, Goodell. We're going to learn a lot, I think. I think this is going to be pretty public. We're going to get a lot of leaks, a lot of insiders. There's too much social media now. But that is what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Jeff, if there's anything I taught you or if there's something that you're questioning that may be wrong, we can talk about it more. But that is everything up to date with Deshaun and the Cleveland Browns. If you're a Browns fan, I hope you learned something. I actually think you just put out a masterful piece right there. Because I think there's a lot of people listening that are not 100% sure of the details. And you dumbed it down whether you were trying to or not. And I'm not saying the listeners are dumb by no means. Am I saying you guys are dumb? I'm just saying like, it's really easy to listen to Brad say that and be like, you know what? Wow. You're that. Cause for me personally, when I first heard he's not going to be charged criminally, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, he's golden. then. And that's why everybody, you remember, that's why everybody was trying to trade for him. The saints, the Falcons, uh, the Browns, I think uh, the Panthers, um, there are some other random teams talked about, but really showed no interest. Steelers, one of them, you know. Um, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, wh- what do they have on this guy? And you mapped it out perfect. So um, I will say this. Regardless, I, I, I've tried to do my best to just not even talk about the allegations or the, um, or even the fact, whatever it is. I'm just trying to talk about Deshaun Watson as a player and what he's currently facing. So he's facing a potential suspension. Regardless, let's throw out what he did. Let's just say that that's what's on the books, okay? He's facing a potential suspension. And he did not play a single down last year. That's also true. It's going on two years now. We're, uh, I, I don't, I just don't know what the Browns are. I'm very excited to talk about them. I'm sure we'll get to them um, in division breakdowns relatively early. We're letting the people vote on that, but. Um, let's talk about another player that's had a great career, not so much uh, filled with allegations and and criminal charges or non-criminal charges. And Rob Gronkowski, you know, um, retired today. I, I, I This is the second time, but I believe this is it for him. Um, he had every opportunity to come back. And Scheffler's already reporting that if Brady called him mid, mid-year, he would unretire just like that. I, personally, I think this is it. Um, Opinions on that. I just think that Gronk has probably played his last down. And for somebody that's 33 and, and he has, he's been pretty public about this. He's never spent a dime of his NFL salary. He lives off of his endorsements money uh, alone. So, which is really cool because he's made well over a hundred million playing football. Um, I think he's had a great career. And in, in my opinion, he's the greatest tight end of all time. Obviously that's up for debate with a couple other guys, but. Opinions on Gronk retiring and where does that put the Bucks? Um, in terms of the Bucks, I'm I'm not going to say they lose a ton. I know they lose their 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 um, touchdown scores in the Super Bowl and Brady and Gronk's connection, but talent wise, they're so loaded that I don't know. It, let's say the Bucks make it to the postseason, lose in the second round. I don't know if there's many people screaming out if they had Gronk, they would have won that game. Like. I, I just I, I think he's played his last down, but in terms of what Gronk is and 
linking him to Brady and, you know, the connection they've had over the years. I've never been one to hate people because of greatness. I've, I've always been a fan of Tom Brady's. I've always been a fan of Rob Gronkowski's. But something Gronk was able to do that I believe no other Patriot really has able, been able to do is show personality while playing for the organization. I think something that's helped Brady tremendously, I know it has for me, is getting to meet Brady on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, being able to see his marketing, the match, you know, the toss in the Super Bowl trophy across the boats. I, I love that. And Gronk has always been able to do that no matter what's around him, what's impacting him. Um, you can talk about Tony Gonzalez. You can talk about some other guys, but Gronk has cemented himself as you cannot talk about the history of football without Rob Gronkowski. He's got the Gronk spike, big 87. Everybody loves Gronk. I, and, you know, as a Steelers fan, I can speak, I believe, more than anybody. You know, there's been times where my team has played so well and Brady and Gronk have just been better. And he always was throughout his entire career. He was so fun to watch. And I am so happy for Gronk. And this is not the last we're seeing of Gronk. Gronk is going to find something, whether it's WWE, which he dabbled in, whether it's, you know, maybe he joins Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Thursday night you know, pregame panel. I just think there's so much more of Gronk we can see. He's little bit of an audio error on my gut, my part there, guys. But all I'm saying is Gronk has been a kid from the get-go. And from the moment he's joined in, it's tough not to have a smile when you see this guy play. And what a career. Just what a career from Gronk. And uh, I know there's a lot of defenders that are very happy that he retired. Yeah, I said this like years ago when he retired with New England. There's a lot of people that hate Bill Belichick, like legitimately hate him. There's a lot of people that hate Tom Brady, like absolutely hate him. There are people that hate and despise the New England Patriots. I'm willing to bet more than half of those people love Gronk. There was just so many people that like, gosh, I hate the Patriots. I love Gronk though. <laughs> you know, it just, he was that player that everybody wished was on their team because he played the game the right way, but he was fun as hell. And he was an elite tight end. He's a, Absolute red zone machine, an elite, elite, elite blocker, and uh, he'll be missed. Four times he threatened to champ. retire to avoid being traded to the Lions, <laughs> and for that alone, he deserves a bus up there in Canton. Yes, 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 yes. Um, let's get to it early. Um, we just talked our little bit of NFL, and now I believe we are ready for some mailbag i just gotta pull it up sorry i have remember guys these mailbags uh jeff and i try to avoid them as much as possible so we can kind of just rip them off the cuff um why don't i yes. put in too much work into mailbags i like the spontaneousness of this segment and hopefully you're listening to your question yeah we're gonna be all over the place because you guys are coming at us from different angles here so let's go with number one uh friend of the pod co-host of the Michigan pod. This is, uh, does Devin Funches make the Lions roster? This one comes in from Daniel. So if it, people aren't following Devin Funches, former wide receiver out of Michigan, bounced around the league, he's actually converting back to tight end where he played at Michigan and actually had success. Does he make the Lions roster? Yes. I 100% agree. 
Um, I think, I think as a tight does. end. Yeah, I think he does. And um, again, as you guys know, I do my 289 or whatever it is game schedule prediction every year, which I'll be getting to as we get through July and August. I think Jeff and I are going to disagree a lot on the Lions. I think they're going to be a lot better than I gave them credit for last year. Um, so the thing is, Devin Funches, I think, is a part of that. I thought he was a great, great signing when I saw him. I think he can be an absolute weapon for the Lions. But I only say that because I think the Lions are going to be better. But once I look at the schedule, we'll see how that plays out. So I'm, I'm a little confused by your statement, though, because you said you think we're going to disagree a lot. In my opinion, I was higher on the Lions than you all last year. Correct. We both thought they were dog shit. But going into this year, I think you're the same on where you have the Lions. And I think they're going to – like, I'm two-stepping. I'm getting up to your level and then surpassing. I think the Lions are going to be good. Hit me with a spoiler. Over under five. Very close. Interesting. I, think, I have I think, around I, five. I have seven. In my mind, I want to say seven or more wins. That's fair with the offense they have and with the defensive pieces. We'll see what happens. Right. I got to do the schedule. But, yeah, Dan, to answer yeah, your question, Bunches does make the roster. And we talk about tight ends. You see Dallas Goddard lines up a lot in the slot. Mike Gusecki's a tight end. 81% of his snaps or something like that are in the slot. You know, Devin Funches alongside TJ Hawkinson and Monroe St. Brown played a part last year. They draft Jamison Williams. They got a little two-headed monster there at running back. Love Dan Campbell and what he could bet possibly do here in the second year. This one comes in from Jen Fisher, friend of the show, writes in a lot. Will the Warriors repeat as champs next season? The Warriors of the field. They absolutely have a chance. And I know the odds are in my favor to say no. But I am going to say no. Are they in your top four favorites next year? I'd have there to has look been no free agency, no draft. Yeah, it's off the I, cuff. I'd have to look a little bit deeper. You got players like Kawhi coming back, J- Jamal Williams, Jamal Murray. Excuse me. Right now, yes, the Warriors are top four. I mean, they just won the championship, and the, the big three are healthy. Pool and Wiggins coming alive. We haven't their seen big much of five are all returning. Yeah, I mean, Unless they blow it up, their big five yeah. return. If we want to put Wiggins and Pool in the five, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Their team is good. Their coach is good. They run good. Their fans are electric. And they play modern basketball better than anybody. Warriors always have a chance. Yes, but no, they are not going to repeat. Anthony DeBoyce writes in, do you feel it is fair that teams are being fined in docked practices by the NFL for having practices being too physical. This is, I'm not gonna lie, this is the first I've heard this. I don't know anything about this. Have you heard anything about this? Yeah, I think it was two teams that were fine for being too physical. I also think it has to do with them practicing too early with as physical as they're being. Like, once do you know who reaches, the teams are? Um, I believe I, Sorry, John, on the or, spot. I have no, no idea. Uh, Rivera, the Wash Washington. Washington, they're, okay. They're one of them. I, I when forget. isn't Washington in the news for doing something well, wrong? It's two like it's two. I believe old school coaches. It it could have been maybe the Cowboys with McCarthy. I don't remember the second team, but it's two like old school coaches. The two physical. I understand the first look of that headline is, dude, this is NFL football. What do you mean? It is still June. You know, the Steelers are doing stuff with those weird big bumblebee helmets. Some teams shouldn't have pa- shouldn't have pads. Who's the new coach for the Bears? 
um, um, defensive guy from the Rams. Yeah, what's his? No, name? he went to the Vikings. You put the offensive the guy from the Rams. Either way, I think it might have been the Bears. But what I'm saying is, is it's just like how they say Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus is his name. Whoever the other team is, at this certain time, you can't have practices yet. This time you can have shirts and T-shirts. Now you can start putting on pads. The NFL progresses this thing for player safety, and some teams try to just, you know, go full pads too early. And To be clear, it's not the NFL. It's all football. There is a protocol. High school, college, NFL, you are to progressively get into those stages. So, for instance, if – I'm just going to give – you know, so if – if your team has progressed, okay, you have a 53-man roster. If your team has progressed to a point where you have gone from shirts and, and shorts to helmet to helmet and pads to full contact, if a player is coming off injury and hasn't got to that, they still need to get to those points. They're not allowed to just put on the pads. It is a, it's a start season. It's just something they do. Every level does it. Um, and if so, somebody's breaking that, I could see why that's being penalized. I, I almost had it right the first time. So there's Ron Rivera fined for OTA violations. Then there is Texans Lovey Smith, you know, fined for NFL and old school guy. And Mike McCarthy fined 100K old for Cowboys guy. overly physical offseason practices. They're trying to push the issue, trying to, you know, you know, stuff like that. Um, some people adapt, some people stay who they are. You know, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, those guys seem to be adapting and moving along. Some guys are stuck in their ways. Um, I'm okay with it simply because these are rules to progress. And when we talk about fantasy guys who are hurt or this guy or our team, that team, you know, this is to help prevent that. Everyone's going to be ready for this season. There's no need to be killing guys in June. Yeah. He writes in again, will there be a resolution to the McLaurin holdout before the season? If you guys don't know, Terry McLaurin has decided to hold out when he sees all his peers getting paid. Um, do you see that getting taken care of? Uh, Two and a half parter. First part, yes, I do see it get resolved. Second part, it's resolved because he will no longer be a Washington commander. And the half part is me predicting a team that desperately needs a wide receiver and has a lot of cap. The Indianapolis Colts could use Terry McLaurin. They don't have a single wide receiver. I could see them making a big move for Terry McLaurin and maybe that reuniting of Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. And that team becomes, you know, a little bit different on the sheet. But I think Scary Terry wants his pay, and I don't think it's coming from Washington. So I think this gets maybe even messy, but I see him leaving. Uh, so the second part of his question is, who's Washington's number one if that doesn't happen? Is it Samuel or is it Dotson? Or is it someone else? If he wouldn't have gave me two options to pick, I don't know if I would have been able to give you an <laughs> Let's let's go with Dotson because Samuel's been there a year. He's been on the Panthers. He's kind of been he in and out of lineups, up. dinged up a up. lot. Maybe this Dotson guy. Actually, he played. Didn't he play well last year? He's not a rookie. He's going into year two, right? Year two. Yeah, Dotson made Wait. some plays last year. I think I don't think they drafted him, did they? I thought they had a guy. No, Dotson. I don't freaking know. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't think Dotson. No. Jahan Dotson, yeah, out of Penn State. Yeah, out of Penn, out State. Of Penn State, yes. I'm dumb. You guys are listening probably like – Is he a rookie? Brett. Yeah. It's yeah, 16. Yeah, he was drafted 16 overall. It's it's Jahan Dotson. They draft – Yes. Why are you drafting a guy one? It carries out. 
<clears throat> and to be fair to Terry, he's in the conversation for all the money. Great young receiver, third year, this and that. He's had just shy of 48 different starting quarterbacks for Washington. And it doesn't matter who's tossing the pigskin. He just gets it done. Uh, another Ohio State guy. He's Get him closer his, to home. His pay comp, if you guys are listening and you're like, well, what are they going to pay? His pay comp's A.J. Brown, in my opinion. A.J. Brown just got four years, 100, right? $25 million a year. Is that Something close to that, yeah. That's what his pay needs to be. And someone will to give see it to that him. kind of money. He'll for sure get that kind of money. He might yes. even get five years, 120. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, Good question so far, guys. Yeah. Jamie Lado, okay, uh, again, loyal listener, writes in. By the way, he's a Pelicans fan. I'm sure you knew that. I think yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. If Zion plays the whole year, how good are the Pelicans? Healthy roster. They're not a team that's going to be favorite to win the West, but they're a team no team in the West is going to want to play. Brandon Ingram's coming into his own. C.J. McCollum came over and made that team his own in a second. Val Chunas has been playing amazing from the five spot. Um, you add Zion in there, and we forget how efficient Zion was when he was playing. Matchup nightmare. And the thing is, with as young and as offensively talented as this team is, that's a lot of regular season wins. There's not a ton of hard, hard defense until you meet the postseason. So what will they be in the postseason? I don't know. But this is a team that could shock people and get maybe the five or four seed in the West simply because young roster traveling isn't going to bother them too much, explosive offensively. Um, I think they're going to be electric, and they're they're a fun watch. If you have the NBA League Pass, the team you want to watch isn't on, you're putting the Pelicans on your TV. I, and I think there's a fire under him. It seems like he wanted to play last year. There was a big miscommunication. Team squeaked into the playoffs. He sees all the success John Morant's having, and that's supposed to be his. Um, I think this team is primed and ready to go. I think they're they're a, li- they're a couple years out from title contention, but this is a team that's electric and can beat any team on any given night. Lots to happen in the West, too. Lots. So oh. much is going to happen in the West. You, your, your two big ones, I think, off the top of the head that everybody's thinking about are the Grizzlies and the Warriors, right off the gun, right? I think you're going to see an improved Clippers team with Kawhi. Even if the, if the Lakers run it back exactly how they were, I think they're at least a little bit improved. They contend for an eighth spot, seventh spot. They're not going to be just absolute dog shit, in my opinion. Um, what are the Blazers doing? They're not going to just. I, I would assume that they're going to try and blow something up. Maybe that Damian Lillard goes to another West contender. The Jazz. What are they doing with Gobert? There's there's a lot of answers, and hopefully we'll I get think, those. I think Jamie would also like me to mention all the pod listeners. There are some squeaky rumblings that CJ is trying to get Dame to New Orleans. That would be to, to come with. It'd be unreal. Now, unreal. I don't know what it, I don't know what it would take, but but say all of a sudden they said Brandon Ingram and Valanciunas for Damian Lillard, and you have Zion, CJ, and Dame. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying that would happen, and maybe you didn't want all that. all that. I'm just saying there's rumors that Dame in New Orleans. Um, you obviously got Luca with the Mavs. You talk about Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and that young nucleus over there in Minnesota. The NBA is a lot of fun when you're watching it's not for everybody but those of us who enjoy the nba it yeah. is fully alive it was shut down for two years while katie was on the warriors 
and it has come back with a vengeance, especially with all the the young players emerging, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Dan writes in again. Who wins a title first, the Tigers or the Pistons? I know you're not a fan of either of these teams. I'll I'll kind of start here. Okay. The Tigers have the easiest opportunity because they can buy whoever they want. It is baseball. They're just not going to. And after the season they're having with the expectations that I think a lot of people had in baseball, that the Tigers would be an improved team, the way they finished last year, what they spent in the offseason, um, the rookies they were bringing up or the younger talent they were bringing up. It just hasn't translated, but they've been, had a ton of injuries to the pitching staff. Really, there's just a lot that needs to happen there. The Tigers could potentially buy a championship if they really wanted to. Detroit, on the other hand, shows a promising build to their future. Cade Cunningham's really playing well. They have a shooter in Sadiq Bay. They have cap space going into this offseason. I've been uh, I've actually posted about it a few times. I've been tweeting about it. I really hope they are able to land DeAndre Ayton somehow, some way, sign a trade, whatever. I think he'd be a perfect fit to add to the team. And they have the number four overall pick. In five years, if the Pistons are not contending in a top five spot in the East, I'd be really disappointed. I think they're really close three to five years away from being something that maybe Memphis is. I guess um, a lot of the Detroit teams, almost all four of them, have been pretty poor over the last couple of years. The Red Wings, Tigers, and all that. Every I, single one. Yeah, I don't watch a ton of Detroit sports, but all the fans of Detroit that I talk to closely just kind of look sad when I bring up any of those teams. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to me believe any of them are. But Dan, your question is who's the closest, whether it's 30 years or 80 years? Who is the closest? Pistons did it in 04. So why not? Like, let's yeah. go with the basketball team. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Johnson, friend of the pod, writes in. <laughs> he, took this, he took this question from Twitter, by the way. A lot of talent return to the NBA next year. Whose comeback will be the biggest impact to their team? So you have Ben Simmons rejoining the Nets, assuming he's going to rejoin the Nets. Okay. Kawhi Leonard rejoining the Clippers, assuming he rejoins the Clippers, which he's under contract. Right. Zion potentially rejoining the Pelicans, assuming that's what he's going to do. He verbally has said he's going to. And then Jamal Murray, who's been out for, it seems like an eternity now, rejoining the Nuggets. Who has the immediate impact next year? I'm going to try and remember all these names and go 4-3-2-1. Number four, I say Jamal Murray. Um, He's going to join a two-time MVP, and they were electric in the postseason when they had him. But it was against a team that's almost, you know, built to be a perfect matchup, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Once they got past them, it kind of ended abruptly. Secondly, I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. He's an elite defender, but he's shown the ability to have an excellent – uh, excellent ability to crumble in the postseason, and he's unreliable. The mental health, we just don't know much, but on the court, transition, ball handler, defender, regular season wins, he's going to bring them that strong. Number two, I say Zion. His efficiency, his electricity, what we just talked about with all the Pelicans, we'll put him at number two. Number one, in my opinion, has to be Kawhi, because Kawhi is either hurt or he's one of the five best players in the NBA. And you're adding him to Paul George, and not just that, a Clippers team that made a strong 
month and a half, two month push at the end of the season defensively scoring came back from 25, like three times in the season to win. You're going to add Kawhi, get a bucket, get a stop guy with Paul George. Um, I just think Kawhi is it. Kawhi is a two time finals MVP. Kawhi is a six, seven small forward. who can ball handle, shoot, defend, rebound. He is everything you want in an NBA player. Um, it's got to be Kawhi Leonard number one in my opinion. I thought for a second you weren't going to say Kawhi Leonard, and then I seen what you were doing. You worked backwards. It's the two-time yeah. Finals MVP. It's Kawhi Leonard. Um, the thing is, is he's not going to have an impact during the regular season because he's going to probably play sixty of eighty-two games. Uh, it's in the postseason where they missed him last year, and they're they're going to have him potentially back if he's healthy. And as you alluded to. If Kawhi Leonard is on the court, top five, what you said is is pretty accurate. I that, mean, it's, it's quick off the cuff. He's, but he's I mean, closer to one than he is ten. Let's just say that he's closer to one than he is ten. And you know, of the next ones, I think it's Jamal Murray as long as he's healthy. I love watching Jamal Murray though, uh, because like you said, Jokic has been carrying this team now since he's been out, and. Jamal Murray is, is a big time player. You're, you're talking about a guy that scored 50 points in a playoff game before the year before he got hurt. So we all remember that in the bubble, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, yes. if you watch NBA, that's just you were just you were just smiling. They were just trading blows. It was a boxing heavyweight fight. And honestly, maybe Jamal Murray took ownership that playoffs, and his injury allowed Jokic to become the player he is. So we've never seen Murray with this Jokic. It should be a lot of fun. Last question comes in from your dad, Brad Eppert. What week do you think Pittsburgh makes the move to start their rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett? Say week one. Say week one. (laughs) I'm I'm really excited to see Kenny. However, I am not so quick to forget how excited I was that we got Mitch Trubisky. You were very excited. I want to bring up their schedule because the problem is Mitch Trubisky could play really well. And the Steelers could be three games under 500. I mean, our schedule's fucked, quite honestly, (laughs) to put it it straight with you. So let's assume Deshaun Watson gets four games. Let's just put that there. I think just for argument's sake, let's assume he doesn't get anything. Okay. So he's Deshaun's playing. Yeah. Okay. So let's say the Steelers' first four games. I'm not going to specify Homer away. We're not getting into it. Bengals, Patriots, Browns, Jets. You have, in my opinion, one easy game, and that's the Jets. And a lot of people think the Jets are much improved. The Jets are going to be like the Texas Longhorns next year. Amazing offense, horrendous defense. So they're going to be an exciting stat sheet filler. But let's just say for the sake of fun that the Steelers are 2-2 and coming out of that. Bengals, Patriots, Browns, Jets. Let's just say they're two and two. And Mitch Trubisky's playing well. Defense is playing amazing. They're two and two, 500. This is the Steelers' next seven games Bills, Buccaneers, Dolphins, Eagles, Saints, Bengals, Colts. They might go two and five. They might go one and six. The Steelers could go positive. There's just so much unknown about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm so biased. It's hard to really, truly get into it. That's but really at, tough. Right at there. any point in that tough schedule, you could just 
white flag the thing and say, Mitch, you've put out eight games of tape. Someone's going to want you, but we got to put Kenny in there. Because once you get out of that, there's a three-game stretch where you can see what you have in Kenny Pickett. Atlanta Falcons, Ravens at home, Carolina Panthers. I mean, even still after those three, it's Raiders, Ravens, Browns. It's The schedule's so tough. I just – Mitch Trubisky could play well, and there's going to be that conversation halfway through. There's going to be half the Steelers fans, we got to see what we got in Kenny. Put him in. And there's going to be half the Steelers fans, we got to protect this guy. Finish third or fourth in the division and let him come at it next year with a full year under his belt. So it's it's almost an impossible question, Dad, and I'm sure you follow as many things as I do. Right now, the depth chart is Mason Rudolph at two, and I don't see anything that shows me they're going to get rid of him. He knows the offense. He's been there a while. He's got the big body for the AFC North. We'll see how all that shapes out. There's still so many more months, but it's just it's so much unknown with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I will say this. A lot of people are taking it instantly that the Steelers are going to regress on the field. I think they've improved at offensive line with two acquisitions. And I also believe from what I've seen the last year and a half, they may have improved at quarterback too. So I I don't think there's any reason to believe that the Steelers can't be at least a, a shot fighter. I don't think so. I think the Steelers are going to give some teams work whether they win or lose. Um, the least expensive offense in the entire NFL and the most expensive defense in the entire NFL. So we'll see if defense can still get it done in today's NFL. That is an interesting take from you that, that you said that they upgraded at quarterback. From the last year, yeah. Not 2017, Big Ben, but no, no, 2021, no. Big Ben. I mean, and um, Matt Canada, who's been getting killed for offensive play calls, he likes an east west offense. And now he's got two mobile quarterbacks, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. We drafted George Pickens. We'll get more in-depth in the Steelers when we get into the NFL breakdowns. But I just think the Steelers were able to go 9-7-1 and and make the playoffs, leading the league in three and outs. They just signed Larry o- Ojunganobi, or I, I'm going to mess up his name until I learn it. They signed Miles Jack. Levi Wallace with pro football focus, having him as the eighth best cover corner in the league. Cameron Hayward, Alualu comes back. The defensive player. You guys are very aware that your offense is going to need every single possession. And don't forget, we got a coach who's never gone below 500. And I'm going to hang my hat on that until he goes below 500. That's, and I think that's incredibly fair to say. Yeah. Which obviously this year, of all, seems test. like it's the most likely, it's a test. but it's a freaking test. The gauntlet. The gauntlet, yeah. But uh, some people, you know, we'll get more into the AFC North breakdown. Stay tuned for your Steelers takes. <laughs> uh, are we ready to talk some NBA? Got a couple of uh, a couple of topics here. Go for it. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so here's what I got to start off with NBA. I think this is a a pretty fun topic. Earlier in the year, I had started to write some questions for a podcast that we were going to do. And unfortunately, we never got to that podcast. And then we really never talked a ton of NBA this year. 
But one of my questions, and I think I ended up asking it to you. I don't remember if it was on air, off air. Maybe the loyal fans will remember. But my question was, what happens if the Celtics don't win a playoff series this year? Are they going to blow up the team? Well, they won a playoff series. And a second one. And a third one. And almost potentially won the NBA Finals. Obviously, they came up short. What are the Celtics in 2023? What does this team look like? Obviously, they had a very special run. Could have won the title. But fun fact for anybody that's listening, anybody that cares, anybody that maybe doesn't follow sports as hard. So the most turnovers in the postseason this year was Jason Tatum. He set an NBA record with 100. Does, do you know who second place was? I think second place. I don't know the name, but it was like, isn't it like low 90s? It's Jalen Brown at 76. So his teammate was second place. Oh, he, they blew it out like that bad? Uh, this, well, okay. So Jason set the record. This season, about, oh, oh, okay. It was sorry. Second place all time is LeBron James at ninety six, but he also won yeah. the title when he did it. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know. I just I thought it was like nineties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got you now. Yeah. Well, no. Jason set the record, but second place this year behind Jason was his teammate Jalen Brown. So literally one hundred and seventy six combined turnovers from their best two players. What do you th- and, What do you see of the Celtics in twenty twenty three? Give me a little crystal ball. I I know you're you you have a you have an opinion about the Celtics. I feel like I I love everything the Celtics did. Actually, I think they are in a fantastic spot. These guys are 24 years old. Like they made it so far past they're supposed to be. We've just heard Tatum's name for two or three years, so we expect him to be further. Not everyone can be Giannis or LeBron or that good that quickly that they can just take over everything. He he set a playoff record for turnovers. In the finals, I believe they set a record for, like, a superstar duo, if you will. Like, they were minus 26 while they were on the court. Or there was something to that effect. That number existed. And anytime minus 26 next to your number and you're not playing golf, that's tough to look at. So I just think that this nucleus came up against Kevin Durant. And sure, it was just him. And I know that there was a lot of issues. But they didn't just beat that team. They swept them. Then they go to the next round and they face a really good Heat team. Or no, this is the Bucks now next, right? They face the Bucks, And the defending play- champions. Yeah. And I know people want to say they won because Chris Middleton got hurt. And maybe so. But they were toe-to-toe with them. Like they were an even matchup, which means they're really good. Then they came up to the Heat and everyone's like, well, the Heat are going to get them. Suffocating defense. They're, they run seven deep. I know Lowry, I mean, they got a few breaks with injuries. Lowry was hurt a little bit, but they got past some good teams. And there's going to be some things that go your way. Sometimes Marcus Smart and Robert Williams missed time for them, too. Like, those are crucial pieces. So I think they did everything well. And then they ran into one of the most experienced teams who were hungry to make a statement. Draymond Green is in the media for everything. Clay Thompson's been gone almost a thousand days. Y'all forgot about me, which we still have, Clay. You were terrible in the finals. Figure that shot out. And then you have Steph Curry. You have Steph Curry, who all the stuff going on with his family, his brothers traded to the Nets. That's probably a terrible situation going on, constant 
mess that he's probably talking to his brother. His parents' divorce is in the media, and everyone's talking about Steph Need and Clay never had a Finals MVP. He needed that. Andrew Wiggins, a first overall pick, bust. Jordan Poole along for the ride, just fucking shooting from half court. I just think that the Warriors were, I mean, they were on a just a different path this year. They never played an elimination game. Four two or four one four two four one four two. I mean, the Warriors were just—they play modern basketball very well, and they are a great team. That we just talked about how they're probably top four, top five in our list next year to do it again. They've got a maybe a top ten player all time. We'll see where where people have him on his list. He's still writing his legacy. Um, it's just. I, getting back to the Celtics, I love what they did. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams. Talk about Big Al Horford playing out of his mind there in the postseason. I just love what the team is. I think they could they could use maybe one more three point shooter. Um, but I, I like the new coach. Really, t- we forget this team was dead. This team was dead until 2022's calendar year hit. They were in the water. Celtics are terrible seventh seed. Maybe they'll make the play, and we'll see if they can salvage a win. Jason Tatum's gone. Brad Stevens. And that's when I was writing those mailbag questions for you. Yeah. And, and then all of said, a sudden, they won like 22 of 26 or the something That's just kept getting more and more stupid. It was like, oh, they've won 11 of their last 12. Oh, they've won 18 of their last 20. Oh, they've won 27 of their last 30. They were just steamrolling people constantly. They were a wagon, and they just – they made it to the NBA Finals. There has to be a loser. Let's not overreact. They were an amazing team, really turned it around midway in the season. And you have a young nucleus that could be special. <coughs> you run it back. Absolutely. And I don't think, I don't know many basketball Celtics fans, but I don't know many of them that are like, we need to get smart out of there. We need to trade Jalen Brown for something. Tatum's tra- like No one's saying that. They loved what they had. They fell short of a ship by two or three games. Let's let's run it back. We're not scared of anybody in the East. We're not scared. Like I don't think Boston should be scared of anybody. Yeah. Um. Mavericks. Yeah. Christian Wood. They trade yeah. for Christian Wood. Um. Towards the end of the year, they traded for Spencer Didwitty. Traded uh, Porzingis for him. That seemed to have worked out. What do you think about the 2023 Mavericks? First off, are they done acquiring slash building this team? Like, is this the pieces that are there? Is this kind of it? Or do you think they're going to add something else? Or where are you at this team? I don't think they add something else. If you want to count as adding something, I think they use all their resources to keep Jalen Brunson. I don't think they want to get rid of Jalen Brunson or Dinwiddie. I think Jalen Brunson has solidified himself in the starting lineup. Dinwiddie is now the sixth guy off the bench along with Tim Hardaway Jr. I think those are your your two first guys off the bench. And now Dwight Powell. Um, you could start Dwight Powell with Christian Wood if you want to, depending on the matchup. You have a lot. The Mavs have just a ton of versatility. Um, on their night, they can beat anybody. It's just sometimes their shooting goes ice cold. So if, if they did get rid of Jalen Brunson or if they could do a sign and trade, I think a really nice piece for them would be Seth Curry. I think he would be a nice piece to maybe try and steal from Brooklyn. I think he fits Luca perfectly. Um, but when you look at it, having Luca, you have Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith got paid, and he really grew a lot last year as a player. Maxi Kleber, you have Christian Wood now, Dwight 
Dwight Powell, Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back, Dinwiddie. This team has a lot of pieces on their roster. They're going to be good defensively. Every single player on that roster can shoot. Maybe not Dwight Powell, but they can. none of them are afraid to shoot threes. And you have, in my opinion, one of the best players. Well, he's always going to be one of the best players in the NBA. I don't want to put a number on it, but there's no one I'd rather have than Luka. Everyone knows this. Listen, and he's my favorite player, bar none. Been on him since the day he was drafted, and he's gotten better than I ever thought he even would. So with Luca, his scoring ability, his playmaking, now you have a six nine. Christian Wood shot like forty percent from three, and he's a Christian was a very good player. He's so versatile. Yeah, he's very versatile. The only thing I don't like to happen to the Mads, and some people will scoff, is they got rid of Boban Marjanovic, and he didn't really play. He didn't hardly ever play, but it was the star player's best friend. And he was a, you you could just tell with every player on the bench, everyone loves Boban. He was, he was such a glue piece to this team. And although he didn't do anything on the box score, I wonder if that maybe rears its head sometimes without that guy to say, Hey, come over here. Look, you know, all the pregame stuff he does with everybody, you know, just being that embracing the seven, six nature of his being. I just I wish they would have been able to keep him. I don't know what kind of value was found in the trade having Boban in there for Wood. Maybe it was just money on the salary. But it's just You know it's uh, funny that you bring that up. So Boban's been on like three teams, four teams. Everyone every time he's traded, every single time the locker room gets sad because they love him. He's a locker room guy. Right now when I saw the news. I was more sad that we lost Boban than I was excited that we got Christian Wood. I'm sure that'll fade once you start seeing the guy play and probably was the right move. It just, you know, it sucks because, you know, I, I have the NBA League Pass. I watch the warm-ups. I watch how these guys connect. Obviously, I'm paying attention to Luca and but, I mean, the, why do we have coasters if nobody's going to use them? You know, State Farm commercial, yeah. come on. I mean, everybody just loves it. I mean, spoilers, John John Wick killed Boban with a book in a library in the third movie. I mean, come on. I, he's John Wick victim. I mean, he's just Boban. <laughs> it's just tough to see him go. Tough to see him go, but I'm very excited for the Mavs. Um, they were a four seed who dispatched of the Suns, my least favorite team in the NBA. They dispatched to them in just amazing fashion. That was such a good night, except the Penguins lost game seven. Don't talk about it. But they ran into the Warriors, too. The Warriors are a great team with experience. And like Lucas said, what are you going to learn from this, you know, playing the Warriors? I'm 23. I know we all seem to forget he's 23 since he's been to three first all-NBA teams three consecutive years. But, my goodness, most of you guys listening to the pod are older than Luca. Yeah. Um. I'm going to pass on talking about the Lakers. I just want to talk about a couple of the players. Bradley Beal, you brought him up the other day, maybe today, maybe yesterday. I don't remember at this point. Everything's running together. Um, projected to be a free agent. I know you briefly talked about some landing spots. Where do you ultimately see him landing? And where's his best fit? Where do I ultimately see him landing? I think the contract situation runs out with uh, Kyrie Irving. I think 
Kyrie Irving goes to the Knicks, and then they use the rest of their money to sign Bradley Beal. Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Julius Randle. Um, I think that's going to be a nucleus they try and run in New York. I think he's going to be a Nick because I think they'll pay him. I think Beal wants money. Um, I think he wants to stay in the East. Um, I think there's a chance he goes to the Lakers, but so many things have to happen for them cap-wise. Um, he said, I believe, that he spoke to Tatum about the Celtics. But again, we just talked about keeping them together. They'd have to get rid of J too many pieces to put him with Jason Tatum. I don't know, but I will tell you, those are big-name places, but what would be just an absolute perfect fit? And I know no one wants to hear about this team, but a perfect fit is if he joined the Fox and the Ox in Sacramento. I think if you have De'Aaron Fox, Bradley Beal, and Sabonis, that is a big three that can make a lot of noise. I also think another low-key one is if Zach Levine decides not to sign with the Chicago Bulls, insert Bradley Beal. DeMar DeRozan, Bradley Beal, Caruso, Lonzo Ball. Get rid of Vucevic if you have to. Don't sign Goubert. If you could put those four pieces together, um, it would be a small ball lineup, but what, what team really isn't going small ball nowadays? You have to have a defensive center if you're in the East because you have Embiid and you have big guys like Giannis. But I don't know, Bradley Beal to the Bulls if Levine leaves or Bradley Beal to the Sacramento Kings to join De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis would be just electric for the NBA. I think it would be a lot of fun in the spot that, you know, it's hard when there's free agents in football to say they're going to the Jets or they're going to the Jaguars. You know, now people love the pretty team, but they made a, a bunch of trades, blew up the team, and got Sabonis. And those are – Darren Fox can play. Sabonis is a double-double machine. You had a 30-point-a-night guy like Bradley Beal to go with Fox. That's that's a tough team. You got you got a lot of pick-and-roll options. I mean, you just think of it for yourself if you know these players you're talking about. But Sacramento would be a lot of fun for Bradley Beal. He's used to that like kind of smaller market too. <clears throat> you already brought it up. I'm going to assume you're going to double down on it. Kyrie, you think he eventually opts out and heads to the Knicks? Is that what you're thinking? There is. There's three options, and in my opinion, none of them land him with the Brooklyn Nets. I think it's done. I think it's done with the Nets. Option one, the Brooklyn Nets say, look, we can't just, he, he can opt out of his contract and be a free agent and go for nothing. Let's bring Russell Westbrook back because his relationship with Durant is weird, but they do like each other. They just on the court, they're so competitive. It rears its head in a way that not a lot of us understand. They're two different cats. Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving. Option two, Kyrie just walks away from Brooklyn and still wants to be paid. The Knicks. Option C, he walks away from Brooklyn and says, I'll take pay cut. I just want to win and make amends, Lakers. I think the only options for Kyrie are the Lakers or the Knicks. And I don't think he rekindles the stuff with the Nets. It just, if he leaves in free agency, Russell Westbrook's contract is so horrendous that the Lakers can't compete money-wise. It would have to be a conscious decision by Kyrie to take less money and go to the Lakers. I want to point out, Kyrie is a different cat. Different cat. I, I'm not even going to get into his beliefs, your beliefs, anybody's beliefs. He's just 
he sees the world different than a lot of people. It would not for one second shock me if he played for close to nothing and got to pick where he goes. It it wouldn't even shock me. If he went to LA on a five million dollar deal, I wouldn't I would not even you wouldn't see me going, No. I'd be like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's, that's what Kyrie does. He just does whatever the hell he wants. I don't think that would happen. I personally, I think he's going to try and get 25, 30 million or God, 45 million now or whatever the hell in the NBA max salary is. But something tells me it's not with the Nets. Yeah. Um, at Mac, if he said this and I'll use kind of his quote, I may not put exactly. He's like, I don't follow the NBA too closely, but from what I've learned over Kyrie over the last, year is if Kyrie doesn't like you he's a guy that's just like oh fuck you forever <laughs> like if like if, if, the, if, the, if it is true that the Nets and Kyrie are an impasse it's because Kyrie said I'm done with you impasse means there's no way it's being rekindled Kyrie was like I didn't want to get vaccinated and y'all kicked me away from the team and didn't have my back I'm out Okay, so what do you do if you're the Nets? If it is truly an impasse and you have to come to terms that he is not coming back, are you just going to let him walk across the street to the Knicks for nothing in the Eastern Conference? Or even if it goes to the Lakers, make them a more elite contender? Like, Nick Wright spoke about this. These guys are aging, but they are not declining. If LeBron plays two more games, he leads the NBA in points. Kyrie at his highest three-point field goal percentage in the history of his career like they're playing heaven forbid he goes to LA and Anthony Davis plays 60 games like what then I'm I don't think it's far-fetched to say AD could be on the move not necessarily to the Nets in this scenario but we all know the NBA is capable of some wild scenarios four-team trades spitting people all over the NBA We'll just have to watch it play out. But Kyrie Irving in a Brooklyn Nets uniform? I would be more shocked if he played for Brooklyn than any of the 29 other teams in the NBA next season. I think we're going to wrap it up with that. We went, uh, we went our usual. We went long, like usual. We had, a, we had a lot to talk about. Lots going on. And, and to be honest, we didn't even talk everything that I have written down, but we talked a lot, a lot of stuff. And um, we're going to have to pot again soon. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, we all put on these, you know, our fan clothes. And, yes, NBA, like, let's go Luka, the Pistons for you. And then it's like, you, go Tigers, I'm going to catch a game. I, Pirates, man, coming alive with our prospects and this and that. But this is about that time of the year where that fakeade falls off and we got to look in the mirror and, Realize nothing's the NFL or NCAA football. Nothing's football. But it then, can't and, compete. But then we just start to think we we got two months of division breakdowns coming up in a few weeks. Then we got preseason predictions. And then, you know, everyone listening to the pod starts getting into, you know, hey, let me get into that pick'em's pool. Hey, when's our fantasy draft? You know, NFL starts coming alive well before kickoff. I know it's 87 days away, but football – Football is only really about 40 or 50 days away till we're in it. And NFL networks talk about injuries at training camp and quarterback competition. And <clears throat> we start seeing some preseason football and we're almost there, but yes, we're starting 
come that realization that we blind ourselves every year. In February, we say, you know what? The NFL's over, but guess what? We got NBA. We got hockey. We got baseball. Yep. And then it lasts for about two months, and then it's like, we just need the NFL back. We just need our football. And it's a hard it's a hard time here in the summer. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy your vacations. Enjoy your camping trips. We got business on the gridiron coming up, and it'll be here before we know it. But it feels so good to sit back in this chair, talk a little sports with, with you, Jeff. And, guys, it just makes it all seem that much closer. Because, you know, we are first and foremost mostly an NFL pod. But Yeah, and that, that's one of the reasons we were kind of so comfortable taking this break. We're like, you know what? It, there's not a whole lot of NFL going on. If we want to talk something else, we'll talk something else. But um, we took the short break. This pod's never really had that break. So felt good feels good to be back and uh man i can't wait to talk division breakdowns and like you said we're less than a month away from being full force training camp where you're seeing players drop from an achilles injury and knock on wood it's not your favorite player but it's gonna happen to somebody the playoffs it'll happen to somebody i promise you that so we are uh oh boy we're almost there yeah, hopefully you guys had fun on this pod with us. I know I had fun. I know Jeff had fun. Hopefully we were able to to teach you something, make you think about something, form your own opinion that you're going to share with a coworker at work or a friend over dinner, wherever you talk about sports. Hopefully we're able to give you some insight. Yeah. Until next time, we'll see you guys out. Real talk. Real talk.